You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. It's Angie, and in the studio with me is Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hey, Angie. Good day. We are continuing in a series about prayer. It's probably one of my favorite series that we've done so far. Yeah. I feel like we could do this one forever. There's so many important things about prayer. And we warned everybody about that in advance, didn't we? (laughs) We're We're going to try to trim it down. But we talked about why it's important. Last week, we talked about what's really happening when we pray. This week, how do we pray? I think sometimes we get caught up in a little bit too much of that religious side. Right, exactly. And we forget that we're talking with God. So let's dive into His Word. Yeah, and fear not because Jesus addressed that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who did Jesus dr- address the most in his ministry? The religious people. Mm. He really did. Yeah. He addressed religious people about praying and so forth. I love this. We're going to start off today, and this might be a repeat, but it's so good, and there's so much in this. But in Luke chapter 11, where we're going to start today, uh, starting right away in verse 1, and it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. So here we are, Jesus is praying. And what happened is, when he ceased, that one of his disciples came to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Pausing right there. What happened was, listen, Jesus did this often, and we're going to see this today. Jesus went away to pray often, and the disciples knew that, and they recognized, you know what? When this guy goes and prays, which he does often, mm-hmm. and he comes back, really mighty things happen. Right. So tell me about John. Yeah. We don't have any backstory. Yeah, we don't have any context on that, do we? He's talking about John the Baptist, right? Right. But John the Baptist had to have prayed. Exactly. And you know what's amazing about that, Angie? How did John the Baptist learn about that? How did John the Baptist learn about prayer? Well, he had the Holy Spirit from the time he was conceived. He sure did. What was he doing out in the wilderness of what we know in Scripture? What does scripture teach us John the Baptist was actually doing in the wilderness? He was baptizing people. Yes, but right? he, he actually grew up out in the wilderness because he, he was part of the two-year-olds that he had did. to run away. So yeah. anyway, that's a whole nother thing. It but is. He had a solitude out there, I'm sure. Yeah, but I want to read this because this is powerful. Luke three twenty one. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. Yes. By who? By John the Baptist. And then listen to this. And when he was praying, heaven was open. I noticed that the other day. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So why was he praying after he was baptized? Jesus. Yes. He was praying to the Father. He was giving thanks. Ah, see, see what I'm saying? There you go. So what I'm saying is, how does this relate? Like, how does this pop up at the, hey, John was teaching his disciples about prayer. Right. Well, because he learned it from the master also. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole kind of thing goes with this discipleship thing. Like, Jesus is modeling prayer. John the Baptist pick up on it. He's teaching his disciples about prayer. And now Jesus' own disciples are saying, Lord... Teach us to pray. Didn't even the the forefathers in the Old Testament prayed? Yes, they did. I mean, they it came across more like they're having conversations with God. Yeah. But they do talk about prayer. Like exactly. David prayed. It was an understood thing that in order to understand who God was, you had to spend time in his presence. And that's it. 
And you hit right on where we're going today, Angie. That's it right there. Because Jesus goes on to say, and it's what we call the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, starting verse 2. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and he goes through what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And I'm not going to go through it and break it all down, but it is a format. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it that you have to say these exact words? No. Or is it a model? Is it a format? It's a model. Yeah. Now, I believe that you can say those words. Jesus just said, when you pray, say. Yes. But it's a format. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for time's sake, for today's episode, I don't want to go there. But over in Matthew chapter six, we also see what is recorded as the Lord's Prayer. And that's in verses 9 through 13. However, what I really want to unpack today is the preceding verses. And if you've listened to this program ever, you know I'm all about context, right? For any scripture that we unpack, I want to look at it in context. Well, it's interesting in verses 5 to 8, Jesus gives us some context about prayer. And what you said in the opening here, Angie, he's really addressing religious people who may be praying. Mm. They may have a prayer life. And now here's what he's saying in this episode, this lesson today, how to pray. Listen to Jesus starting in verse five. And when you pray here again, he's assuming they do pray. Yes. You shall not be like the hypocrites. Well, if Jesus says that to you, that should get our attention, (laughs) right? Right. And he says this, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret place will reward you openly. Okay, so let's go to verse seven right away. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And verse eight, therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. But is Jesus saying, so don't bother asking him? No, because no, he tells us not. all the time to do that. So you know what, Angie? I do. I get... Good God-fearing brothers and sisters in Christ ask me this a lot. Honestly, they'll say, well, why should I even pray? God already knows. He already is the sovereign of the universe. Like, yes. why do I have to bother we'll him? go back to last week's lesson on what happens when we are yes. obedient to doing that. Right. And of course, you know, and again, for time's sake, we can't do this. But in the very next chapter, Matthew 7, he says, ask, seek, and knock. So Jesus, again, is telling us to ask. But here's what's interesting. So what he's saying is, number one, go in and shut your door in your room and pray. Why? Why would he say to do that, Angie? You know, do you have to religiously go in a room and shut your door? Do you have to do that? Or is he saying separate yourself from temptations yeah and so that's what i'm thinking i'm trying to put myself in that yeah. the midst of those people and that time that what would they call the silent years right. from the end of the old testament to the beginning of the new was where this religion turned into religion right and they were doing 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 thinking they had to do 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 in order to make things happen and i'm thinking these guys they started doing just so people would notice right And when Jesus is saying, no, you don't have to be noticed. You need to go away by yourself 
because what you're doing secret is what God's going to see. And that that's true worship because you don't care. You're not looking for people to see you. Right on. And so he's indicating there is a secret place, right? Okay. It's also mentioned in Psalm 91, right? About the secret place. Mm -hmm. So is this the same secret place that's talked about here? So if there's a secret place, it's a secret place with the Father. And I've talked to many people that are dedicated to prayer. Mm -hmm. And they say this, listen, the reason that Jesus is talking about that, shut your door, go in a room and do that, because there is a tendency that the enemy will bring many distractions Mm -hmm. to do what? Stop us from praying. Yeah. And the secret place is not an actual place as much as it is an actual place with God. That's really good, Angie. (laughs) So I guess it's not a physical place. It's a, it's really an emotional and a spiritual place. You are putting yourself outside of everything else that's around you. Like it's funny because sometimes, you know, I spend a lot of time in the secret place because I read that book, The Secrets of the Secret Place by Bob Sorge, which is so good. Yes. But then you leave that and it's chaotic world. Yeah. And that one place where you go with God is like the only place I can just recharge. It is. I feel like I plug in like a diesel car. Yeah, right. (laughs) And I think it's interesting that Jesus often said in these recorded places where he went to pray, it says he withdrew. Yeah, he got away from everything else. He went into his closet. And that's the secret place. Now, you know, we know from reading the scriptures, sometimes it was in the wilderness, so he didn't have a door to shut. Right. So again, don't get religious in this shutting the door thing, but it's withdrawing from the world and getting alone with God. Well, even Paul says to go into your closet. It wasn't yes. an actual closet because they didn't have closets back then. <laughs> right, exactly. But they did cover their head. And I, I can tell you personally, when I put my hoodie on and I put my hood up or if I put a blanket over my head, I'm in this whole other world. Amen. Shutting out the world. And then in verse seven, he says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so when I say pray the Lord's prayer, like it's okay to pray the Lord's prayer, but don't just stay there. Like, okay. Cause I know when, when we talk to people about praying for an hour, for example, Jesus said to his disciples, could you not watch and pray for an hour? We talk about that. Well, what do I say? The Lord's prayer only takes five minutes. It well, it takes 21 seconds if you want to read it from top to bottom. Exactly. <laughs> but you get you get my point. Yes, so it's like, point. it's not about vainly repeating that, but it's about coming into the presence of God yeah. and talking to him, but also listening to him. I, it's easy to take an hour in prayer with God. Because when you start sitting with him, yeah. you're not talking the whole time. Right. You're in his presence. Yes. And I love this. It says in verse eight, do not be like them. So Jesus is saying, I'm pointing out a couple of things to you. And he said, Psst, by the way, don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, right. right. So now you know what not to do. And I think that's important to talk about because if we haven't been told, if we haven't been shown, then just even the concept of spending time with the Lord is weird. It's different. Yeah. I've had people say to me, Mark, when I first heard about praying for an hour, and these are really good God-fearing people, they say, I got to be honest. I didn't see how that was even possible. That's what Bob Sorge said. He said it was five minutes and I was trying to commit to 20. (laughs) Exactly. But he said, don't be like the hypocrites. And here's the cool thing. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. 
I always love this analogy, Angie, is the parent-child relationship, because as I read through these types of scriptures, I remember uh, different moments in my relationship with my own children. And it's like, you know, there have been times when I know something about a situation that's affecting our family. Because you've been there, done that. But to hear my child come yes. and talk about it. Yes. That just I never tell them, oh, I already knew about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, because it's the conversation is so blessed. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's what I think that he's saying here. He's saying, listen, your father already knows, but talk it over with him. Mm-hmm. Which, Angie, is something that we mentioned just a little bit before we got on the air today. But is it okay to discuss only certain things with God? Like... He it sees o- it all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he already knows. He already knows. That's what the scripture is telling us. Yes. In a sense, your father already knows. And once again, I've had people say, well, I would never say that to God. Or yell at him. Right. David did it. He did. And he was a man after God's own heart. He so was. But if you read David, he spews all the stuff that he feels. Yeah. And then he remembers who God is. Yes, he does. He always comes around. Which is a good thing because that's why God loved him so much. I, I, I simplify it like this. I said, just tell God when you're mad. Tell him when you're sad. But tell him when you're glad. Yeah, that's the part we forget. Because he has made me glad. You know, that's the psalm also. He has made me glad. So I want to make this distinction really quickly before we go on to our testimony. That there is a time, there's a, a place where we need to get alone with God. Because in that time, I feel like it's just like worship. Like I do a lot of worshiping on my own. And that helps me to be able to translate that to when I do it for a church or for a group. And prayer is the same way. Once you develop a conversation with God, then praying in front of people and for people, it's a lot easier because you're already used to having a conversation. I know how my conversations with my children are going to go. And I know how my conversations with my friends are going to go. There's different conversations that we have. And when you're talking to God, we're talking about stuff that affects us on a very deep level. And when we really put that to practice, right, that can actually translate to when we are doing it out loud. So yeah, there is a time when you can pray out loud, but it should be an extension of what we've already done in our exactly private life. Exactly right, right. Yeah. And so what happened, Angie, the disciples saw that every time Jesus went away to pray and when he came back, like mighty things happened. Oh yeah. And so they were like, I want some of that, right? What they didn't ask, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to heal people, teach us how to cast out devils. They didn't say any of those things. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because you know what? Man, when you go to pray, and you know, the scripture records 29 times Jesus went away to pray. So it was a very familiar part of his lifestyle. And so they saw that that power came when he got plugged into the power source. Yeah, and they talk about the multitudes who are just wanting to touch him. Right. And he had to get away. I know what that's like when everybody's demanding my time. It's like, okay, everybody halt. I got to go and get some time with God. Back to the recharging. And I think it's worthy to mention that Jesus prayed, but 
a big part of praying is listening. Mm. So when you start thinking about that, how can I pray for an hour? No, listen like, for an it's hour. It's not about, yes, it's <laughs> listening for an hour. It is, Angie. And I don't think you can go wrong because the Lord will speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about what's up with our testimony today. I'm so excited today because in this topic of prayer, I, I'm going to introduce the audience to someone who loves prayer as much as you and I do, Angie. Honestly, uh, with me today from Logan County is Sally Steerhoff. Sally, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Yeah. And so what's amazing about this is uh, we're a part of a prayer group that's been going on for, gee, I don't know, many, many months. And uh, we met Sally through Revive and Sally was so gung-ho to jump in and pray with us when Revive and her county met. But what's really cool about this is we're really trying to get into the practical side of this. And it's like, okay, Christians know about prayer. They've heard about it, have some perceptions of it and some misconceptions of it. But Sally's a person that prays. Sally, do you pray? All the time. <laughs> well, you know, let's start with this. Why? Why do you pray all the time? One word, need. Wow. Wow. Um, not just uh, what we need on a daily basis or emergencies or um, for strength, but that need that God put inside of us mm. to need him. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's why we pray. That's a drop the mic right there. Now, Sally, you in your own personal life, you talk about need and we do, we need him, right? And so we also have a need to communicate with him. Absolutely. Can you talk about that a little bit? He wants us to depend upon him and people have that hole inside of themselves and they try to fill it with everything worldly mm -hmm. and they're never satisfied. Right. But when you start that prayer relationship where you have that communication with him all the time, then you start filling that hole, that need being filled. Yeah. So on a daily basis, you want that communication just like you want it from your children or your mm. husband or whatever. Oh, I never thought of so, it like how filling that I hole. That's I mean, we, so we talk about that God-shaped hole for other things, you know, finding Jesus. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Every day we have to be filled. And yeah, I wouldn't walk around, Sally, and not talk to my child all day long. That's right. Absolutely. That would, what would that do to my relationship? They would think they're not loved. Ooh. They would think that they're not valued. Exactly. And I feel like, wow, we do that every day when we don't talk to God. Yeah. It's just a very important, like, like having water and food and everything else to have a complete life. You have to have prayer in your life. Mm. You have to have that communication and that need filled. And then, you know, you feel like you're a complete person. Now, let me ask you this, Sally, because there's people listening to this that they're going, okay, you've piqued my interest, but. What about the days that you don't feel like praying? <laughs> there are days my kids didn't want to talk to me and I didn't want to talk to them, but I did it anyhow. <laughs> wow. Amen. <laughs> I think God can take it. Oh, he that's he good. can handle all of it. You know, if you're mad at him or you're, Lord, this didn't turn out like I thought it should turn out, why? You know, he's not afraid of the why question. He, I think, he encourages to search. And try to find out what he's all about. And I love that. So that really leads me to the next question. Sally, what about people, Christians, even praying Christians, good praying Christians? What about those of us that say, well, 
What about the unanswered prayers in my life? Well, this is what I know. Some of the prayers he's answered right away. Some of them he'd say to me, uh, that will take time to be answered. Mm. Things have to happen first. And then sometimes he says that cannot happen the way that you want it to. Ooh. Ooh. So he doesn't always give us the answer that we're asking for. No. One one uh, prayer I had was for 12 years, and he did not answer it the way I wanted it to, but he gave me something a thousand times better. Wow. And so with that, Sally, you've learned that you just keep talking to him about it. Mm-hmm. Like you say, I prayed for this for 12 years. Well, did God not know about it? He needed to be reminded or what does that look like? Um, he gave me peace. He gave me joy in the moment type of situations where I was not happy all the time. Mm. But there was a lot of joy in the moment. I was able to go on with my life and just trust him. Wow. And that's that's the big thing. That's what he tells me over and over again. Just trust, trust, trust. And, you know, when you're at a point where you can't do anything else about your situation but trust him, then you just get to the point where you just relax in his arms. Oh, that's so good. And just let let him take the lead because you're like, Lord, I can't handle this. There's nothing I can do about it. I just have to put it in your hands and walk away because otherwise I'm just an upset basket case every single day. Wow. So, Sally, let me ask you this. When you pray... When you pray and you talk to the Lord, do you do all the talking? No. Um, I Lately, I've been praying a bunch of his Bible verses. Mm. I'd give him back the words that he gives to me, and I think that's very powerful. And then a lot of times you just sit and listen. I do this thing where I take a journal and I just ask him to speak to me. Mm. And then I just like think about like I'm with him, you know sitting by the sea of galilee or whatever okay what is it you want to say to me lord and then i just kind of clear my mind of everything and then the word just starts coming to me i just start writing them down and i'm usually amazed what he has to tell me that's kind of the way that i i mean there's other times where he like gives me words at a time and then sometimes he gives me dreams and visions as well but that came from a lot of years of praying with him that's right that just didn't come you know first 30 40 50 years of my life right come after a time you know of really having that relationship with him and really walking in the holy spirit with him you know we need to dig into that one a little bit more because i have heard this story from people before people who have these ministries that are incredibly powerful and god uses them for healing or whatever and it's because they've spent hours and Mm -hmm. hours and days and days just praying to God. Yes. So what is it about that connection, Mark? What I heard you say, Sally, is your prayer life developed over time, over the hours, Mm -hmm. your prayer life. So it's like growing. Mm -hmm. It's like growing up as a human, like even, or growing in your faith, growing in those sorts of things. I hear you say, Sally, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but (laughs) I hear that your prayer life grew and developed. Absolutely. And I think one key of that is being in the Bible. Mm. You just have to know what God says about prayer and about life situations. And you have to know and understand what he thinks of you and how he feels about you. And then it's just like you develop 
between the prayer and the Bible reading, then you develop some, well, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the big key to all of it. People can have a head knowledge of God, but unless they invite the Holy Spirit into their life, you don't get very far. And that was probably a good part of the beginning of my life, you know, or half of my life. It's uh, when I really got that connection with the Holy Spirit, then things start to accelerate. Yeah, he is. He is the answer, right? He's the key. But here's what I'm curious about, Sally. So for those listening today to this program and they're like, well, okay, you've intrigued me to pray more. Mm -hmm. What would you say as an encouragement, like kind of a final encouragement to, yes, I want to encourage you to pray more. Um, I would say that, um, what do you got to lose? Ooh, that's good. I mean, you need someone to talk to. You need someone that's on your side. You need someone that you can believe in. You need someone to take the worries off your shoulder. I mean, especially in the world we live in today, where are you going to go? I mean, you can spend money, talk to a psychologist or whatever, but a lot of times what I've heard from people is they don't give you any advice back. They just listen to you, you know, um, and I think the heaven, you know, our heavenly father will move situations for you, bring people into your life. And even when you get that close relationship, he will give you one or two words or even more in your spirit or like he does with me when I write just about finished with my second book, you know, I, I pray before I write and I can't believe the stuff that <laughs> that comes across in on that paper. You know, it, it's so powerful. God is just so powerful. And he has just made us kind of dependent on him with that whole that need for him that he just wants to fill it so badly. And he just you know, why not? Why <laughs> not try and see what the Lord can do for you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, what comes to my mind is in this culture that we're in right now, Sally, this fast food, give me now culture and give me a formula, right? How can I fly yeah. through this? And that's really what our, our American culture does. But I want to ask you this, Sally. So how often do you pray and how long do you pray? What's the formula? Because people will want to know, but I'm glad you're laughing because I think you know where I'm going with this. I I mean, I don't have a set time. I kind of pray off and on all day long. And, you know, I like have a conversation with them. Lord, that wasn't a good thing that they did. Or <laughs> Lord, help. You know, it can be a two word prayer or. Amen. And then sometimes I sit down with scripture and I just start praying his scripture back to him or, you know, I just pour out my heart to him. You know, what's going on with somebody that I love, you know, yeah. and things like that. I just pour out my heart to him. But uh, it's not always the same it's just like conversation with your children i mean you're gonna say i got an hour i gotta sit down and talk to my kid or no it's mostly 10 minutes at the time you know but then when you do have a road trip where you can spend time talking to your kid or whatever it's wonderful that's awesome so i don't think there's no set rules to it he just wants to hear from you but i think you need to talk to him every day amen whether it's a quick prayer or whatever, you know, um, I love Dutch Sheets is give him 15. I don't know if anybody knows about that. It is something I love listening to every single day. Right. And you can get that app on your phone and it's 15 minutes and he brings out wonderful things to think about. I mean, I start out with his prayer sometimes. Sometimes I, I, you know, I say a little bit something as soon as I get out of bed. I thank the Lord for the day. 
you know, he just wants to hear our praises and our concerns. And and then, you know, he loves it when we uh, take his scripture right. and stand on it. Amen. He does. And so as we wrap this thing up today, Sally, I'm thinking like in this practical sense, I think the best news of all is you don't have to make an appointment with no. him. Do you? <laughs> and it doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like having the doctor on call all the time, Absolutely. right? It's like having a father always available, right? Mm. Never too busy, never on vacation and all those things. It's invaluable. So I love how you said, try it. Yeah. Just go for it. Like, try it out because, (laughs) yeah, you'll be astounded at the number of times that you're able to go to him every single time. And he's always there. And just the relief you can relief and release you get by praying. Yeah. Getting it off your shoulders, off of your heart, you know, and just downloading it to him. Yeah. Because he is ultimately the only one that can move situations and change things in your life. Right. Only he. And so I've just started doing this. I've just started this practice recently. Because as you know, we have people in the body of Christ that are close to us and they call us and ask us for advice and different things, right? And I've just started saying, have you talked to the Father about that yet? You know what I'm saying? And not that I'm being haughty or I don't want to give them time. But you know what? We as Christians, Mm -hmm. we need to make that our first go-to, don't we, Sally? Yes. And that's a hard thing to switch to. Right. And I still find myself doing that where I just, why didn't I pray about buying this before (laughs) I bought it? Or why didn't I pray about, you know, saying yes to this or whatever? And you know, I'll, I'll think about praying when I can't find my keys, but some of these other things I still don't think about praying for. So it's it's something that you have to develop over time. Yep. It's like anything else. You get a little better at it with each day that goes by and years after years of it, then you really start to understand it. You really have that rapport with the Lord and um, it's just nothing like it. Amen. Yeah, listening to Sally Steerhoff, she's a prayer warrior. She's a woman of God. She's a child of the King. She's a daughter of God. And you've just been hearing a practical, like a woman that prays. And it's like, I love the challenge, Sally, that you're giving to the folks listening. Why not? Why not? You know, people say why. They, they ask all the time. In fact, our culture is training us to try to ask why about everything. And I love your response, Sally. Why not? He's the creator, man. He's got all the answers. Right. I mean, you have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. Amen. So good. So anyway, thanks for joining us again, Sally. Time always flies when we're having these conversations. And that's why I get so excited because it's like all these things come out. And I just love hearing from your heart and encouraging and challenging uh, all believers to pray more often seek the Father. Mm -hmm. And thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.